Our gospel reading this morning is from the gospel according to Mark, the beginning of that gospel. John was in the wilderness calling for people to be baptized to show that they were changing their hearts and lives and wanted God to forgive their sins. Everyone in Judea and all the people of Jerusalem went out to the Jordan River and were being baptized by John as they confessed their sins. John wore clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He ate locusts and wild honey. He announced, one stronger than I is coming after me. I'm not even worthy to bend over and loosen the strap of his sandals. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Around that time, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and John baptized him in the Jordan River. While he was coming up out of the water, Jesus saw heaven splitting open and the spirit like a dove coming down on him. And there was a voice from heaven, you are my son, whom I dearly love, and you I find happiness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. A moment with the children. Anybody know what this is? These are keys. You like them at home? Keys. So what's a key used for? Keys are used to unlock and to lock or unlock doors, or to start a car and make it go, or you know, basically it's to open or start something, right? So Jesus told people to follow him. That's a key to talk about today. Jesus told people to follow him, and in the coming weeks, we're going we're to hear about people who did just that. And they followed Jesus for their entire life. But today's key, focusing key, is, is baptize. We often do that with the baptismal font over here to my right. Baptize, the word, means to sprinkle or pour on or cover a person with water. It's a sign that someone belongs to Jesus. So I know, I think everyone in, in I think everyone in this room, uh, here in person, has been baptized. And many of you at home have been as well. So m many of us in the family of faith have seen someone baptized. During Jesus' life, people being baptized would be dipped under the water in a river or a stream. That water shows how God washes away our mistakes and claims us to live a life fresh and new. When Jesus was a young man, he was baptized in the Jordan River. John, who we call John the Baptist, was a holy man who told people to follow God. And John would baptize them. And John baptized Jesus. When Jesus came from the water, there was a voice from God that said, You are my son, and I love you. I'm very pleased. And a dove came down from heaven. That's why when we look at some of the stained glass windows and some of the um, symbols that we see in the church and some of the chrismons that aren't there anymore, um, but that's why there's a dove. It's because of this very incident, this very story. So today, the followers of Jesus still follow baptism in, in, very different, in, in various ways. Some dip people all the way in the water. Sometimes we sprinkle water on someone or pour water over them. But it doesn't matter as much how it's done because 
we're reminded that God chooses us and is pleased with us. And when we see someone else baptized, it helps us remember our own baptism, even though sometimes we're so young, when that happens, we don't. But even if we don't remember our own baptism, we can remember how much Jesus loves us. And others being baptized on Sundays like today where we remember Jesus' baptism, these all help us remember how much Jesus loves us. Let's have a prayer together. God, help me to live as your child and to remember how much you love me. Well, today in the life of the church, we are celebrating simultaneously Epiphany and the baptism of the Lord. Epiphany is about seeing Christ, about the manifestation of the Messiah in the person of Jesus. And that proclamation made it his baptism, the tearing open of the heavens and the descending of the dove, kind of does that, doesn't it? Of course, baptism is the rite in which we become the visible evidence of the presence of Christ in the world. We claim the new life that we embrace at our baptism. We live the light that we proclaim. We are witnesses to the activity of the Lord in the midst of our present day reality. That's why worship is a celebration. I mean, we survived 2020, right? Whew. But we've seen some lingering effects of all of that still, haven't we? In the midst of all of that, in the midst of spiking numbers of disease, in the midst of unrest, it's time that we can embrace a new possibility, a new hope. The heavens have been torn open, and that's not a threat. That's a promise of something new something better. See, our baptisms bring us together, and, and together we can, we, can, we can commit ourselves to a closer walk with Christ. The waters of baptism renew us and cleanse us for our mission and ministry as followers of Christ. See, in the Gospel of Mark, there are no magi, there are no guiding star, there are no dancing angels, there are no and the story is short. The story begins with John at the river. The tearing of heaven as everything gets remade and the dove descends. This year in our lectionary cycle, this is the year of Mark. So Mark is the shortest and most likely oldest of the gospel texts. And Mark just keeps going. It's a breathless journey all the way from the beginning here with Jesus' baptism all the way to Holy Week. It's a sprint through the history of Jesus. But this baptism of Jesus, it's even this telling is short, right? There's nothing about John's preaching that we get from Matthew and Luke. There's nothing about the conversation between Jesus and John that appears in the Gospel of John. It's just in, out, and we're done. There's no description of the baptism at all. Did you notice that? He came to be baptized. And then as he was coming out of the water, like zoom right this is like the express storytelling version of the gospel but there may be a reason for that because the real importance of the story is not the baptism it's what happened afterward i mean do you remember your baptism some of you may i don't i fit into this little teeny baptismal gown thing that you know i mean it was little many of us were baptized that way 
We're baptized before our ability to remember that happening is developed. We, we know we're baptized because someone told us about it later. And although, you know, that entrance into the kingdom of God is important, it's not the most important thing. It's the new creation. See, the life we live as the baptized followers of Jesus is what happens after the baptism. We choose to make new creations of ourselves every single day. That happens in our lives after that, right? Of course, we have to have reminders of our baptism. It's, it's too much of an event to keep in our hearts all the time. We forget what a transformative moment it can be. We forget that everything old is torn away, like the heavens were rent apart, says Mark. We forget that our orientation is from that moment. Our new life is claimed in that moment. We forget that we are reoriented towards God in that moment. It's easy to forget that it ever happened. But sometimes we're still running, looking for what we already have. You see, baptism is what binds us together. And a matter of fact, for, for many of us who are baptized so young, baptism is the first thing that gives us identity other than being named by our parents, which in some traditions doesn't officially happen until the baptism. See, it's, it's a foundational, orienting, defining moment. And that's important. Because as people of Christ, what happens is that becomes our primary identity. See how that works? That's before we learn to do anything in some cases. And if, if we're baptized as adults, it's that moment where, where we reorient ourselves, kind of like that moment of epiphany, right? It, it's, it's becoming and turning towards God. Again, that becoming our primary identity as children of God. As we've seen over and over, and saw again, yet again, this past week, we have so many in our world who are trying to define us all by other things. We're defined as Democrats or Republicans or liberals or conservatives or faithful or unfaithful or patriots or traitors or it, whatever it is, it is all stuff added on top of and in some cases counter to our primary identity as children of Christ, children of God, followers of Jesus Christ, right? We forget that because it's so easy to get lost in those moments. Especially when somebody tells us something, you know, I mean, we all have our, our inclinations and our belief of what's right. Of course, that should be informed by what we know from God. How that manifests in our lives is it varies sometimes, and, and it's not always the same. And that's okay because, I mean, I need what, the way you see the world to help me see Right? I mean, I mean, we learn from each other. We, we see the world better when we help each other see a broader vision, right? So it is easy for us to gravitate towards things and speech and advertising and everything else in our lives that reinforces our natural inclinations. Follow? The problem is our natural inclinations are not of God. Remember the garden in the right in Genesis? Our fall is because we decided it was we thought it would be a good idea to be like God and decide good and evil for ourselves. That's all this is is a, a current manifestation of that same sin. 
the same tendency in our nature to want to decide that for ourselves. And so we gravitate towards what sounds good to us, often at the expense of alienating the person sitting right next to us. Somehow led to believe that that person who thinks different than I do is evil. Truth is, we all have that in us. I mean, let's be honest, folks. We all are sinful creatures. Who we are. That's why we need a Savior. And our Savior is not any person. Likewise, the evil in our lives isn't necessarily somebody else. We have to be honest with ourselves on that. That's how we can follow Christ more faithfully, is recognizing that, you know, there are parts of me I don't like. There are parts of me that aren't faithful to God. Baptism helps us remember that. Christmas, the incarnation that we just finished celebrating, helps us remember that. That the one who saves us is Jesus. And who does Jesus save us from? Mostly ourselves. You see, the chrismon trees are still up, but there's something missing. The symbols that point to Christ have been packed away, like many of our decorations at home have been, right? You all remember what the chrismons looked like? It's only been a week since you've been in here. Or is it beginning to fade already, you see? We need these reminders of who Christ is, of who is important in our lives. We need each other to, to remind us of, of our mutual vow to follow Christ. It's not easy, especially in a world right now that seems so divided and people are so frustrated. And people are, are gravitating towards things that may or may not actually be based in any fact because it's what we want to hear. That's not the gospel of Christ. The thing we need to remember most is that Jesus came to save us. Jesus loves us. God loves us. The heavens were torn apart, not because it was a warning of things to come, but because it was a blessing of Christ, a change in the world. And as followers of Christ, it is, we need to reflect that. Because honestly, if we follow Christ, there should be some evidence of it in our lives. It's not that our actions save us. It's not that our, our works are what gives us salvation. But there should be something in our actions and in our works that tells people and shows people that we understand the love of Christ. Granted, some of the things that we... I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Some things we say and do, don't do that. But they should. So I stand before you today just as much of a sinner who doesn't always get it right as you are. We need to help each other be faithful. We need to help each other remember that Jesus is the primary thing. That the power of God, through the Holy Spirit, tears apart the heavens and can transform every single one of our lives. Let us first and foremost claim our identity as baptized as children of a Heavenly Father who loves us. And let's let, let's let that identity and that love shine in the world around us. Let us come together as Christians and evaluate what we do constantly to make sure we are, we are giving that love to the world. Not hate, not division, not whatever is, makes us look good or feel good. That's not what the gospel is.
we have to, Christ calls us to, we want anything to change. And after some of the events of last year and after the events of this last week, I think most of us can agree something needs to change. We can't keep hitting each other. It's not right. It's not the gospel. It's not who we are as followers of Christ. So remember your baptism and be faithful and be joyful. And let us be 